From AAC Studios, welcome to Scrappy, the podcast about small companies doing big things. I'm your host, Chris Stragus. A quick note at the top. We will be off for the next two weeks for the holidays and releasing the last two episodes of this season in early January. Also, we are in the process of building season two, which will be coming out mid-2020. If you know someone you think would make a good guest for the show, please go to scrappypod.com, click the comment link on the top right, and send us a note. We'd love to hear from you. Historically, anthropologists have defined four basic human necessities, food, water, shelter, and clothing. By many of today's standards, you could argue that the list has grown a bit, but the basic premise is that there are certain things that make human life, well, effectively livable. In this day and age, many of us in developed societies take these things for granted. We've designed and built massive systems that allow us to just turn on a faucet to get water or flip a switch on the stove to cook food. And we don't even have to think about where those resources come from. However, there are still so many parts of the world where these core needs can be a struggle to meet. Often, these are also places that are hit hardest by accelerated climate change, and they have very few ways to adapt to it. So, the big question, how can we take our modern, developed technology and put it into places where it's needed most? Meet Avishek Mala. He runs a company in Nepal that works to provide the infrastructure for several of those basic human needs to be met with ease. And some of the downstream effects of their work are surprising. My name is Avishek Mala, and I'm the CEO of Sun Pharma Nepal. Sun Pharma Nepal is a solar energy-based social enterprise. Uh, it's located in Kathmandu, Nepal. We have done over 2,500 projects uh, in various districts of Nepal of various sizes. We offer three types of services. Uh, The first service is a power purchase agreement where we sign up a power purchase agreement with clients um, for systems of various sizes and we sell electricity for an agreed period of time. Uh, The second service we provide is turnkey service where we basically work as a, a EPC, engineering procurement and construction. And the third service we provide is asset management. Um, in this asset management model, it's basically like we, are, uh, we get funds from uh, donor organizations or individual donors. And uh, in their mandate, we execute the project from start to finish. Avishek is on a bit of a different path from where he started as a young boy in Nepal. Like many of us, the course of his life took a turn after his college years. Some unexpected inspiration from a king helped illuminate that path and landed him right back home where he started. When I was uh, in my childhood, uh, I always wanted to be uh, a cricketer. Uh, yeah, I had, a, I had a good career, like local career, playing cricket. Um, so I was uh, I was captain of my university. We won several different tournaments. But uh, you know, like um, in Nepal, I mean, you just uh, cannot uh, earn a living uh, via sports. <laughs> 
you know even when i was doing my bachelor's degree i, I had absolutely no idea you know what i would be doing and uh, and i would never have thought that i would be working as a social entrepreneur like if i look back 10 years back and you know after like completed my degrees or even you know, i was doing degrees but what gave me the 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 vision the passion and the breakthrough was was the first uh, job that i did um so the first job i did uh, after i left uh, after i completed uh, my graduation uh, was to work in one of the most remotest uh, uh, area of nepal homla and uh, back then you know uh, the nearest road connecting to that area was 16 days walk the only way you could reach there was by plane uh, and the flights were very very irregular and sometimes would not fly and there you know i got uh, you know i was i was uh, exposed and i got experience in implementing renewable energy technology for not only electricity but for cooking um for for drinking water uh you know for growing food uh with you know passive greenhouse uh, technologies and those kind of things and you know working with the community you know working with the technology you know it it gave me this uh, it basically taught me that how important you know a light is you know how important the energy is and and i was amazed to see like how much change it can bring to you know one's individual life and the society so i was like really thrilled uh, uh with this holistic kind of um, approach and i that's why i never see renewable energy as electron i never see renewable energy producing electricity i always see what services it's going to provide them and how can you make that service accessible to the to the people in a, in a in a in a in a in a model that is that is sustainable um and that benefits uh, the society for long term whole thinking you know sort of like uh, that seed was sown when i did that first job and and uh, and, uh, and and working there you know i i was like very sort of like determined that i'm going to do my masters in 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 ari and i'm going to come back and you know sort of uh, see how this technology can you know like uh, help um, improve the society we had we had uh, we had king uh, currently we don't um so the king would you know provide gold medal to uh, to the best student that has uh, taught uh, you know the, the whole country in their in their um, faculty um so i i i got that award from from the king and uh, and in that award there was uh, this uh, uh the script that was mentioned you know it, it it basically if i translate it basically says that you know once knowledge is is not uh, is not useful or useless if it's it's not utilized to serve one's country so that script basically you know like made me think and uh, and again you know this uh, work that followed with uh, working in that remote area it sort of like uh, gave me that direction and passion to you know um uh, do something for 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 the society with the with the knowledge i have so yeah definitely you know that had you know quite quite deep uh, influence in my life and and every day you know like when i doing a project i i remember this script nepal is an ancient country 
It's geographically diverse and home to more than 25 million people. It's a landlocked region nestled between China and India and boasts many notable historical features. It's the birthplace of the Buddha and home to some of the highest peaks in the world in the Himalayan mountains. But overall, it's still behind many parts of the developed world in terms of infrastructure. Today, for example, almost 40% of the population lives off the grid, not connected to the country's utilities. When we started Sun Farmer back in 2014, um, electricity reliability was a very big uh, problem. Uh, there was, even in the urban centers, there was more than 12 hours of power cut every day. You know, solar can be a very potential solution um, to address this problem, uh, both on the off-grid side and also in the urban side. But the investment cost for um, installing solar was very high. Uh, and uh, there was no uh, financial mechanism at that period of time. And plus, uh, the systems that were installed at that uh, time, which is, I'm talking about 2014, uh, you know, there were, you know, largely smaller systems and, you know, there was uh, serious problems with the technical abilities of local technicians to execute quality installations. Our priority was to make solar affordable, not only affordable, but also ensuring that uh, high quality work was, uh, was, was done during installation and followed by very good uh, uh, operation and maintenance service because uh, there, there is no um, standard as such in Nepal for, for good quality installation. Uh, I am, when I studied in Australia, uh, there were, you know, um, codes, uh, you know, like standard practice codes and standards for solar installations, but in Nepal that was non-existent, which resulted in, um, uh, in uh, you know, a non-functional system over a very short period of time, and that was not creating a very good image of the technology uh, in the country. So we were addressing, you know, sort of like a holistic uh, problem in the, in the sector when we started. When we started creating the standard for our own uh, projects and installations, uh, we also, uh, you know, we were also uh, requested by the uh, the government body, which is the Alternative Energy Promotion Center, which is in in Nepal, and uh, with them we created two. Uh, um, standards. One was for the institutional solar photovoltaic system, which is basically focusing on the uh, off-grid ruler um, captive installations, and the other was on uh, on-grid side. Um, so basically, for the uh, focused on the urban centers, on uh, you know grid-connected uh, type of systems. So those uh, two um, standards we are very heavily involved in and collaborated uh, with the government and they are currently uh, you know forming their policies and uh, and installation regulation on 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 those uh, documents we have done a lot of projects in in uh, birthing centers and there you know the, the the indicators that we measure is uh, you know the the decrease in mortality rate uh, you know the numbers of birth that has uh, increased after the system intervention and if i have to just uh, look at the health sector uh, I, uh, the, the latest number that we have is we have impacted over 1.7 uh, million uh, in terms of population um, that has now access to uh, health services uh, after, after our intervention. In Nepal, 
uh, even like uh, you you have uh, if you have a 100 watt solar you can just change the 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 birthing center um and you can provide uh, you know i mean i think sometimes we take for granted uh, lights you know uh, but when i visited some of the rural birthing centers they they told me stories that was you know very scary i mean they they would put torchlight inside their mouth so that their hands are free to deliver the babies and sometimes they burn um, uh, some firewoods for for light or kerosene which i think is absolutely dangerous for a newborn baby but like 100 watt solar it's nothing you know it's nothing but two three lights high power lights some some uh, um uh, some charge to charge your mobile phone and uh, some charge to work your fetal doppler just changes the service of a of a birthing center for avishek the mission was clear and the results of their success stretched far beyond just being able to turn on a light but in this part of the world any challenge is magnified you know the geography in nepal is highly uh, varied from places to places and uh, we have almost you know like 50% of uh, our country you know is covered with uh, hills and mountains um that creates uh, you know very difficulty in uh, accessibilities to these areas because there are no good weather roads in these areas um and sometimes there are no roads so it it becomes a challenge to one is to not only transport the system but also to you know to take care of the systems remotely um because of uh, you know lack of uh, skilled human resource in those areas um so talking about the, the transportation side um you know we have done projects uh, by carrying the the equipments by ourselves sometimes carrying the equipments on on uh, on animals um you know chartered helicopters to to transfer equipment so uh, and uh, you know sometimes the the weather is uh, especially during the monsoon four months uh, there's a lot of uh, landslide flood problem um, all over the country which you know acts that uh, extra level of difficulties uh, in terms of logistics and you know supplying these equipments and installing there Nepal uh, is a is a landlocked country so we any of our borders uh, does not touch uh, ocean um and uh, the major uh, import is from India and China um but even when we import from China there is uh, the cross border roads are not very good so it has to come through uh, the port of India and uh, it takes uh, more than uh, you know 2 to 3 months uh, to get a consignment uh, via china to nepal uh, through ship when the earthquake struck in 2015 uh, our business you know just like started slumping down because uh, you know probably everybody's business got affected by the earthquake and uh, followed after the earthquake we had uh, you know some geopolitical tension between india so we are not getting um, uh, you know supply uh, from the indian side so after the earthquake we were provided uh, you know um, you know consignments of solar panels and and other accessories to support uh, earthquake uh, construction activities uh, in nepal but uh, our shipment it got stuck in the calcutta board which is in india for 8 months when we were like not having a lot of business we we went to our drawing board and we started thinking like 
you know, that probably this is like a very good time for us to think like, what can we do next? Every business is confronted with challenges now and again, and new businesses are especially susceptible to growing pains. The true test of leadership comes in the form of how they face that adversity, and if they can convert it into positive momentum. We started thinking like, why can't we introduce a power purchase agreement on the agriculture sector, uh, which has been so much successful on the health sector. So we uh, started uh, exploring that portfolio. And uh, we talked to bank, uh, we talked to cooperative on, uh, you know, requesting them to finance uh, the, the water pumps for farmers. And we faced two challenges. One was uh, the farmers, you know, they were not aware about this technology and they were hesitant to sort of like uh, adopt. And the other thing was uh, the banks, also it was new for them. And uh, banks are usually very, uh, uh, you know, very um, reluctant to go in rural areas to finance very small uh, um, in investment project unless there is an aggregation of uh, a number of farmers. And uh, the cooperatives also told us that, you know, why don't you put in your own capital and, and prove us that it works and then, you know, we'll follow. So we coordinated with the cooperative and we did few pilots. Uh, we did at least, we did like 27 pilots in one of the area. And, uh, you know, the results were very good. You know, the payment system, we got uh, around uh, 94% uh, repayments. Um, in the system and the farmers were very happy and uh, you know they could uh, uh, you know it, it added to you know productive use and uh, you know helping with their income so that's how we started on the agriculture sector and now we have you know sort of like uh, taken that concept and expanded not only uh, to larger systems for irrigation but also uh, we recently piloted two uh, community projects where we started thinking that why don't we you know do like community community projects rather than individuals where we can you you know, uh, amortize the cost uh, over to a larger population and uh, can make uh, the service uh, more affordable and attractive to the farmers. So that's how uh, we started the uh, water service model in, in agriculture. When we have, uh, you know, done uh, sampling and, and monitoring, we have found out that uh, their income has increased by uh, nearly two times. Um, their nutrition habit has changed because of, uh, uh, you know, uh, because of access to uh, more variety of vegetables, which uh, previously they did not have because uh, they did not have access to water for, um, you know, irrigating the crop. So these are some of the indicators that, you know, really uh, are important to us and also are drivers uh, for, for, you know, like pushing us to, uh, to more uh, better service. One of the pilot projects that we did in agriculture uh, three years back was a cattle farm. She told me that um, every day, you know, per cattle, she has to carry uh, 25 liters of water from her hand pump to her cattle shed, and um, it, it, it's a it's a it's a backbreaker, and it's like really difficult for her. So she wants to uh, have this uh, small uh, solar water pump um, to, uh, you know, to wash her cattle and to uh, uh, provide, uh, you know, water, drinking water for the cattle. So, you know, and we, we, we signed up an agreement uh, and uh, we installed the system. After a year, when I went there, 
uh, before installation she had four cows uh, after one year I went there and uh, I, I could see that uh, she has now you know like uh, six seven cattle there and she told me that uh, due to the hygiene her calf was also uh, uh, you know not suffering from uh, you know uh, some disease I, I exactly don't know, remember what disease she was talking about and uh, by feeding water regularly and washing them her milk production increased by 20% so this was I was not expecting all this and um, and then she showed me other things so she's a very clever farmer so she, she, she showed me that uh, now you know I because I have a pump I could uh, water my uh, vegetable gardens and I could, you know, like whatever uh, the the manure uh, she is washing from the cattle shed, she made a small canal which went to her vegetable garden as a, as a slurry, which was now, you know, not only providing uh, organic fertilizer, but also, you know, she was pro- pro- providing water irrigation and she was getting better yields. And uh, I was super surprised because like how people can start, you know, thinking about different things that they can do with such a small uh, intervention. And then I went there after uh, recently, you know, like one year ago, uh, you know, after two years of installation. I was like completely shocked because she started, she registered a cattle company, like a dairy company. Uh, She has increased her cattle to 12. Um, and now she is like a milk aggregator for the village. You know, all these unexpected things, you know, came up. I mean, we were just thinking that we'll give her a pump. I mean, in a, in a in a PPA basis, and she'll pay a small fee, and then, you know, she could save her hard work and maybe utilize in some other things. But you know, the drastic uh, economical and social change that had with such a small system was 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 truly truly amazing and this is this is something that you know i can you know i would never have thought a very recent project that that we did um you know we de- we decided to do a, a community uh, irrigation project and basically what the project would do is uh, pull water from uh, a river um pump it to a to a collection tank and then you know distribute it through pipes to um to several fields uh, which is controlled uh, by valves so very very simple project so um so our design team went there you know did all the technical assessments and everything and then the flood came in and the whole uh, intake was was taken um, by the flood because the river changed its course now this is something that we learned uh, learned you know we we didn't know that the river would change uh, the course you know so that that was a very good learning for us in Nepal, everything is 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 virgin. You know, we can adapt to so much technologies and models that have been successful in the developed countries or the developing countries, and contextualize it to Nepal and do so much good here. And uh, you know, what else can you ask for from your profession? Sun Farmer's original mission was simply to bring sustainable electricity to the parts of rural Nepal that needed it most. What they ended up doing was changing the lives and lifestyles of the recipients in ways they couldn't have imagined. From safer and higher birth rates to better nutrition, 
to rural farmers creating sustainable businesses of their own. Avishek and his team are changing the world, one installation at a time. You can go to scrappypod.com for show notes, transcripts, and links to Sun Farmer. And remember, if you know someone who might make a good guest for the next season, please go to scrappypod.com, click the comment link on the top right, and send us a note. Or you can just let us know what you think of the show. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.